Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. We are in the quantum realm today, learning about a proven universal law, which my guest says will be the foundation for universal peace. He is on a mission. Not only does this help us heal and create beautiful lives, but this is backed by math and science. John Berman is here with us for this quantum conversation. John, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Lauren, and it's a pleasure to be here. You have an amazing experience of your own through the many years of yoga and meditation. And this healing practice that we're going to talk about, it's something that you witnessed one day in your life. And I know we're going to get to the basis of this and the math of this, but your experience, I want to start there. You were able to light a room by being in a meditative state. And this is part of your journey and your path. Well, thank you, Lorenz. So I, I got started in this when I was about 20 years old because when I was about 20, I had so much tension in my body. I thought I would literally die in about three days. And, and you know, that that's pretty scary. It felt like my heart was shutting down. The circulation was was, you know, shutting down. And I decided to use that as an opportunity, okay? And so I decided that I was going to spend a lot of time stretching and meditating and get my energy flowing. And so I did. And, you know, after a you know, couple of weeks, it became clear that I wasn't going to die. But I kept doing that. And my goal was to get my energy fully flowing and get all the tension out of my body. And after about a year... I, I was up uh, in a beautiful place in the mountains in Colorado, and I had a lot of time to sit and meditate and stretch and look out at the mountains. Uh, but I got to a point where there was just a tiny point of tension in my body, 
and that was in the, my, the Dantian, or the center of gravity, a little bit below the navel there. Um, and so I could do, so there, that, that one point of tension was the only sort of separation between self and not-self. And it was an amazing feeling. I mean, my heart was completely open. Uh, there felt like there was really no uh, separation between myself and anybody else. Um, you know, it's it just such an amazing feeling. It, it you know, it's my, my life has basically been dedicated to that since that time. Um, but shortly after that time, I was, uh, I was seeing a woman and we were sleeping in a completely dark room and I decided to get up and meditate and I was just meditating. I wasn't thinking about anything, just meditating but woke her up and it scared her because she said I was literally lighting up the room. <laughs> and, you know, we'll talk about the math of that, but if someone can literally light up the, a room, that's energy. And it's energy that can be measured with scientific instruments. And it's just, it, it, as I say, it's an amazing feeling. My, as I said, my heart was uh, completely open. I could do anything that my body could anatomically do, uh, including doing things like standing up on one leg with my other leg uh, behind my head. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, if assuming there's no abnormality in the hip joint, most people should be able to do that. It's the it's tension that makes it so that people can't do that. It's fascinating because it's the tension that makes people not do that. And as you're speaking here, it brings to mind with your heart completely open, the teachings of the great masters of the Far East. That is how they worked and operated with that open heart you did it through meditation and you lit up the room. What I realized in that is that anybody can get there. Anybody can get there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really no secret. And I'm, I'm not particularly espousing any particular you know, spiritual practice or religious belief or anything like that. I'm, all I'm saying is if you have enough energy then you can get there. And the only question is, how do you get enough energy? Mm -hmm. Energy is love. It's light. It's Some people call it God. Some people call it spirit. You know, whatever, whatever someone chooses to call it. I know it's been called many things, such as increasing your light quotient. Let's talk a little bit about what happens uh, in your physical body as you were able to do that. So here in your meditative state, you were feeling bliss. You could see the little separation between self and non-self. As we all learn how to do this and get there, have you noticed or witnessed anything with the physical body maybe not being able to catch up so well? You know, I, I really don't think there's much differentiation between the physical and the say, emotional and spiritual body, it, it's all a, uh, a continuum. And, you know, in, when you're talking about the health aspects of this, I would say that health is the intersection of physics, 
consciousness and genetics. And we can go into that, but, but really it's what you're holding on to, your ideas, your beliefs, that essentially inform the physics of health. So, you know, if you have a belief that something happened or some, maybe something did happen, you know, a traumatic experience of some form or another, holding on to that means that you hold on to tension in your body, okay? And tension is the body's mechanism for uh, holding on to beliefs and blocking uh beliefs from coming up or blocking it from coming into consciousness. So if you can get all of the tension out of the body, then you also get in touch with all of the subconscious holding and vice versa. So it's, there's two ways of going about it, really. Let's go deeper into that because we're going to wrap our head around that. It's, it's amazing. And science is proving this about the beliefs. So Explain that again. You you said that when you get rid of the tension, then you can get into the subconscious too. What is that like for you as you went through that? I would work on getting the tension out of my body and, you know, things would start to, life would start to work because things were flowing more. And then after I got in touch with a certain level of, of uh, holding or experience, things would start to work. And then I would be able to get in touch with a deeper level, um, which I didn't really have the resources or to, to do before that. But, you know, and then life would get a little upside down because I would kind of hold on to it and say no and resist it and say, no, I don't want to look at this. Um, and maybe not on a conscious level, I wouldn't be saying that. But then I would kind of go, oh, things are getting a little strange here and uh, it's time to, I need to look at something. So I think that if there's something going wrong with my life, it's, it's my body's way of telling me that I need to look at something or my, or my consciousness ways of, way of saying I need to look at something. And what I found was that as soon as I sort of said, okay, I'll look at it, then everything returned to normal and got better. Now, looking at some of those pictures can be difficult, you know, um, but once you really do it, after you've done it, it, it isn't so, so difficult. It's not so bad, but it's just the sort of anticipation of, of looking at them. It is the universal law of efficiency. And we're going to talk about that a little bit because this is about how we have enough energy, how we use that energy. Again, that is related to universal peace. But I know there's a big question of how did you get the tension out of your body? In many years of meditation, this ability to sit and be still. And then did you visualize or did you have a system, a process that helped you release the tension? Yes. So, uh, Loren, I did a, a couple of things. And what I found for myself, and this is for me, I don't know how other people do it, but all of my meditation pretty much is designed to get the tension out of my body. Okay. 
So I do a meditation where I'd sit zazen. So I'd sit um, with on my heels with the tops of my feet on the floor and put my hands on my thighs. And I would visualize my center, the, the center of gravity, a little two inches below the navel. And when I'd breathe in, I'd breathe energy from the whole universe into that one point. Uh, and I've sort of looked at it as that's the center of the universe. And if this universe is infinite, then it has infinite centers, right? But so I'd view it as the center of the universe. I just found that helpful. And I'd bring energy into that point, and then from there, I would would project that energy to anywhere where I felt tension or pain or holding or anything like that, and you know, light up the area. And I could let go. Now, the other thing that I did was if I have something to hold on to, i.e. I. that center, then I can expand away from that. So my feeling was that if I could hold on to something, there would be a sense of safety. And by, by holding on to that, then everything could expand uh, out from there. So that was the, the main sort of meditation I did. The other thing that I found was really helpful was to do a series of stretches before I did that meditation. So I work on sort of releasing the energy on a physical level first, and then I would do the meditation. And I found that when I do that stretching beforehand, I have a lot more energy available and I'm a lot more open to the universal energy that's coming in really allowing the body to prepare and that shows your yoga background as well okay beautiful all right so please continue because that is a beautiful process and it, it is helpful to many so what would come up then you would say that you would see like maybe some belief or something in in the subconscious you would bring energy from the center of the universe into it right and and i tend to vi to process this sort of information through pictures now some people do it differently through sounds or colors or something but what what i could what i wanted to get to was always the held feelings or emotions mm -hmm. okay now and sometimes those getting in touch with those feelings and emotions were not easy. I mean, sometimes mm -hmm. I would kind of go, okay, I'm going to take a deep breath now. And I take a breath and kind of go, okay, um, I didn't die. And now I'm going to take another breath, you know. Um, but it's looking at that level of picture and getting in touch with it that really creates health and allows the energy to fully flow. Yes, okay. And so this is, again, a newly discovered universal law called the universal law of efficiency. There's math behind it. A mathematically proven universal law, which is the underlying principle of human health and longevity. And universal peace. Share with us the mathematics behind it. So 
my background is mathematics. And when I was finishing my undergraduate degree in math, I wanted to prove the benefits of getting all of the tension out of the body. And uh, so I discovered a mathematical theorem. And just a little background on that, I was uh, in a math colloquium and, and the presenter said it's often uh, helpful to look at things as symbolically as possible. So I wanted to prove the benefits of getting the tension out of the body. And I said, so what can I say about human beings? And on a symbolic level, they're systems. Okay. And so what can I say about systems? Well, I said, well, I can say that all systems function most efficiently without unnecessary resistance. And that's the mathematical theorem. And, you know, people can, well, what it really comes down to is I can prove that mathematically and here's may not be the best time to go into all of the details of the proof, but uh, the reality is you can't think of a system that functions most efficiently without unnecessary resistance. Or I'm sorry, with unnecessary resistance. So let me repeat that. You can't think of a system that functions most efficiently with unnecessary resistance. Does that and make sense? And so the unnecessary resistance is tension. Yeah. I mean, it's unnecessary tension on one level. Um, and let me give you a, a, a quick example. If I'm holding my fist clenched, that takes, unless there's a really good reason to do it, that takes a lot of energy, right? Yes. And that's energy you can't use to heal. Okay. And it takes energy to heal. And maybe we can go into that in a little bit. But it does take energy to heal, and that's sort of the physics part of health, right? Um, and so, anyway, there's a there's a couple of things, since we're on the topic of mathematics, I'm not going to go into a lot of detail, but there's a couple of things that I think it's important to know. And first is that a mathematical theorem is not a matter of belief, it's a matter of fact. Anybody who understands a mathematical theorem will have to come to exactly the same conclusion. Okay. And the other thing is that math can prove things on a level that science can't. So, for example, as I'm sure you know, the sum of the interior angles of all triangles on a flat plane is 180 degrees. Okay, that's high school geometry. Well, science can't prove that because they can't measure all of the infinitely many triangles to an infinite degree of accuracy. Uh, so, but math can prove that. So the ULE, because I've proven it with a mathematical theorem, is a universal law, and it is actually more immutable than empirically derived universal laws, such as the law of gravity. And by that, I mean there's no absolute guarantee that the gravitational constant is exactly the same in all corners of the known universe. And the other thing is that if there's an alternate universe, there is no guarantee that the 
gravitational constant will be the same or the gravity will be the same or the geometry will be the same. But in any universe that has systems or has the possibility of having systems, then the universal law of efficiency or the, I call it the ULE, uh, will hold. Fascinating. It shows that what happens with the body for healing. All right, so let's go deeper in this. So it takes energy to heal. Tie this together about you wanting to prove about getting tension out of the body. On a personal level, you know, when I experienced lighting up the dark room at night and all that love and energy and the amazing feeling of that, as an experience, I could, you know, that was good enough for me. But I wanted to prove it so that I could bring that out to, to the world. Um, but it was also something that I wanted to prove to myself because it's really a fundamental basis of my life. And, you know, people base their lives on various things. And a lot of times it's on, on beliefs. Uh, and that's, that's fine. But for me, I wanted to be able to say, I can base my life on this. And I know for a fact that it's true. Okay. Um, and so if, as I say, if you get the tension out of the body, then the body just functions better. You're more healthy. You have, your heart is more open. Um, I think much more clearly when my, there's no tension in my head. For example, I'm a pretty good chess player. But when there's no tension in my head, I can easily think six or seven moves ahead in a chess game very quickly. I can't do that when there's tension in my head. Now, what would that mean for the world if we could get, say, one-tenth of one percent of the people in the world to that state? What would it mean for new ideas in terms of the environment, in terms of you know, society, religion, science? We need better and more ideas now. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it would have a tremendous effect. But in terms of health, um, it, the physics of health is that it takes energy to heal, and that's the law of conservation of energy. And of course, I think most people would agree that the laws of physics do apply to human beings. They are systems. <laughs> okay. Um, and so if you get enough energy, if you have access to enough utilizable energy, um, I think you could heal almost any disease. And I want to be really careful here. I am not a doctor. I can't prescribe, you know, things in, in terms of, of a licensure for a doctor. But I can talk about the laws of physics. Um, and when I work with people in terms of healing, I always tell them to go and contact their doctor. Okay. But so by using the techniques that I have, I've worked with people in terms of healing. And so, for example, I worked with one woman. She was 70 years old. And uh, she had Lyme's disease, and she'd had it for two years. And she was in a lot of pain and couldn't get out of bed for two years. So we did six sessions over the phone where I, we got in touch with deeply held beliefs or pictures or emotions. 
and changed those pictures. And at the end of six sessions, she was um, 70% pain-free and she could walk again. Mm-hmm. So if, if you, you know, if you change the cause, if you change the beliefs, the effect goes away. If you can share a little bit about what that was like, you did six sessions over the phone with her. It's really removing the emotional charge. So in each of those sessions, would it would it be like one issue that would come up and you would just drill down into it, get to the core belief, and then rewrite the story? Right. Yeah. So let me give you a quick example. Uh, we saw during one session, I saw a picture of her as a young child, about six or seven years old. And she was, and she, and the picture was of both of her parents pushing down on a board on top of her. Now, I don't think that that really happened, but the dynamic was there. That's what you were picking up on. Yes. And that was the, I was, I was kind of accessing it through that picture, but, but that was the dynamic. Okay. And if that's what you believe, if that's the picture that you have, that's definitely in fight, flight, or freeze and holding on to that. And there's a lot of energy locked up in that. That's energy you can't use to heal. Okay. So what I did with her, with her permission, I never do anything without a person's permission. Uh, we changed the picture and you know, got that little girl to a, a safe place uh, where, you know, where, and got her parents to help remove that blockage. This is on a psychic level. But as I say, if you change the belief, then you change the energy. And it's, you know, sometimes it's not so easy for people to to go through that because some of those beliefs have a lot of charge on them. But, you know, it comes down to if you really want to heal, that may be the way to do it. Oh, we look around and I think um, this fight, flight or freeze is programmed into the majority of of all who are, I guess you could say, unaware of it not knowing it's going on, but that's changing as we can feel this energy within us and break free of it. Okay, so lots of energy is locked up in that. And so changing the belief, you change the energy behind it. The energy changes and now it can flow. And in your own experience, you lit up a room that is is absolutely amazing. Well, your quest to prove this gave you a mathematical theorem. For you, that is what made this inner wisdom that you tapped into a fact in your life, because it can be mathematically proven. Mathematical theorems are, are well, they're proofs. And the the theorem states that all systems function most efficiently without unnecessary resistance. And so that's really the theorem. The the proof is is pretty simple. It's actually uh, 
it's called a proof by contradiction. The proof is uh, assume that there exists some system that functions most efficiently with unnecessary resistance, but then it wouldn't be unnecessary. And it takes a little bit of thought to really <laughs> go into that. But every mathematician I've talked to understands the proof and the structure of the proof. And as I say, because I've proven that, uh, it is a universal law. We can wrap our heads around it. Yes, all systems function without unnecessary resistance. Okay, it's the without yeah. unnecessary that makes us kind of turn around and look at it twice. So really, it means the tension has to get out of our body. So let's talk about this from a healing perspective. Okay. Well, I, I really think that if you change the pictures, you can heal almost anything. And it, of course, depends on how much, you know, how willing people are to really look at certain things. But those pictures really define whether you're going to be healthy or not. Uh, and it's one of those things like, if you have a lot of tension in the body, eventually the body will break down. And that's, that's physics. I mean, that's, there's no question about that. Uh, you know, maybe we could do a thought experiment here that might kind of clarify this for Yes. Uh, so let's assume that you're riding a bicycle up a hill and the goal is to get up the hill as easily and quickly as possible. Well, in that case, putting the brakes on is unnecessary resistance, okay? Now, if you're riding a bicycle down a hill toward a cliff and you don't wanna die that day, well, putting the brakes on is necessary resistance, okay? So in any system, there is necessary, unnecessary, and inherent resistance and inherent resistance in this situation would be, say, friction in the bearings, which you're not going to get around. Uh, so sometimes when you're holding tension in a short-term thing, situation, it may be helpful, okay? So, for example, a child might hold on to tension. They may not have the consciousness or the ability or be in a safe place to really get in touch with something. Uh, so it may be a safety factor to hold on to that. But as adults, uh, we have more options and it's safer to get in touch with things. So if you can get in touch with all of these held emotions, um, as I say, you know, if you get rid of the cause, the effect goes away. You've been able to prove this on a mathematical level, then it actually goes to prove all of the healing effect and the flow of energy. And so when healers say they're a conduit for the energy, they really are a conduit. And so all the work that healers do out there to assist people in nurturing the inner child and all of this, it is now validated by the universal law of efficiency. 
And this could even go further and deeper in our conversation to explain the ascension process as well as we do hold more light in our bodies. And as consciousness raises this resistance that we have within ourselves, the unnecessary resistance, are these old paradigm belief systems? Absolutely. I think the ULE is really the next step in human evolution. So if you get all of the tension out of the body and get all of the held emotions and out, your body will just work better. And there are a lot of spiritual practices that uh, help with that. And, you know, there, there are many different types of meditation that will help with it. I, but if, if once you understand the principle, how you do it is just a matter of what works best for a given person. Yes, I love that. There's no right or wrong way. And as you did in your own meditation, you were just guided into that. And here's the other thing, you know, and this, this is a, something that I hope people will take away from this. It's one of the main takeaways. Everything we do in life either increases or decreases tension and or resistance. Everything. Um, and that's true because everything in the real world changes. Okay. So, for example, if I leave my house in the morning and come back the at night, that house won't be exactly the same. Okay. Uh, the definition of its place, the address, probably won't have changed, but that's a synthetic system, very much like mathematics. It's a definition. But so, for example, I don't drink coffee, I don't eat sugar, I don't eat honey. And it's not because I think there's anything morally against any of that. It's just that for me, if I do that, I can feel it in my body. I can feel my body tightening up instantly. And I spend a lot of time working on getting the tension out of my body. And I don't want to do things that create tension in my body. Now, certainly in going through everyday life, there are things that create tension in the body. And on a, on a sort of a uh, global level, the thing that I, I think about is, um, you know, just try to get the tension out of, well, let me put it this way, do more things that reduce tension in the body and fewer things that increase tension in the body. So it's a very sort of profound but simple way of looking at it. Just this awareness of this conversation at this level will allow us to begin to recognize those areas that cause tension. It's in all areas of our life. You work so much on getting tension out of your body and you can see the power of that and new abilities come online. Do you still find belief systems, subconscious things that are still coming up? Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, I do, Lauren. I, I, I You're do. still human, but too. What, okay. I'm still human. Um, but what I've found is that 
I notice if something is not is coming up, I notice it much more quickly. Yes, the awareness. So for, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so for example, when I was starting this, uh, I something would come up and I would not want to look at it, and it would take me six months to look at it, and I, you know, I my life would sort of be going upside down and things wouldn't work out and manifesting wasn't working out. And and so I'd finally say, okay, I'll look at it. But nowadays, and this is, for me is one of the real benefits of uh, having a regular meditation practice, is that if I sort of go, oh, I can't meditate today because I have to clean out my closet that I haven't cleaned out for 30 years and I have to do right now. <laughs> That's a, a really good signal that something's coming up. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, I'm much more aware of it. And I'm much more aware if my energy is flowing well or not flowing well. And, you know, I've been very busy lately uh, and I haven't meditated quite as much as I would like to. Um, and I can really, it's actually been an interesting experience for me because, you know, normally I meditate a lot, um, and I can see how people would kind of go if they're not meditating, how some people have said, well, I don't believe that what you're saying is true. And how can you get it? So you can light up a dark room at night, you know, but I, you know, if you're not meditating on a daily basis, I can see where that would feel just a very daunting task to get your energy flowing to that extent. Eventually, we will get to a point where that meditation needs to come into this waking moment. But we do need to sit in meditation. I've called that the one of the most important meetings we can have with ourself. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think of it as as important and maybe more important than, you know, getting enough sleep and, and eating and, you know, it's it's like it's like if you don't have enough energy, eventually you die. We're gonna come back and talk about the five things you need to heal. But I want to first allow you to take us with you into the space that you do, into the practice that you do, so we can experience that because uh, you've got us into this meditation mode right now with really wanting to create regular, consistent space for that. So I'd like to do a, a bit of a guided meditation here, and this will just be pretty brief. Um, so my suggestion is you people find a quiet space to do this when they're doing it in general but um so when i meditate what i do is i sit on the floor or you know and if if that's not comfortable sit on a cushion um but i sit with my the tops of my feet on the ground and my shins on the ground and one toe is sort of over one of the big toes is is over the other one and i sit with i put place both of my hands on the tops of my thighs and just i get really quiet and 
So when I breathe, I breathe in through the nose and I keep the tip of my tongue uh, right at the where the top teeth and the upper palate meet. So I breathe in and there's a slight uh, aspirant sound to it. So it's And I pause very briefly and I feel that energy with that in-breath coming into my body from all over the universe. And there's an infinite amount of energy or light or love or God or spirit or whatever people want to call it. And I bring it to the center, the Dantian, the center of gravity, which is about two inches below the navel. And it's centered front to back and side to side. So, and then I feel that, that center, and sometimes I work on getting the center a little bit bigger, sometimes a little smaller, uh, whatever I need to do to feel that center being very strong, but it's, it's, that center is a place of safety. It's something to hold on to that you can then expand from. And so once I have that energy in my center, when I breathe out, I breathe out uh, softly through my, my mouth, my lips. And I extend that energy to any part of the body that feels tense, that feels uh, dark, where there might be some emotions coming up, uh, and just let that let that expand. And, and sometimes what I'll do is I'll breathe energy into that center and then I just expand the energy on, in all directions and I feel my body expanding, physically expanding in all directions. So I grow taller. There's more uh, space between the vertebrae. Uh, my posture is better. You know, sometimes I think about it as if you have a lot of tension in the body, you can think of an accordion. And when the accordion is in a closed position, of course, the bellows are the, the edges of the bellows are very close together. Whereas when you expand it, they're further apart. Okay. So the idea is to get the body so that it's every vertebrae is completely aligned. There is absolutely no holding no unnecessary tension at all. And so the vertebrae are almost floating on one another. Eventually you can get to the point where you can feel the plates in your skull expand and contract when you breathe. Now you gotta get a lot of tension out of the body to get to that point, but it's doable and anybody can do it. That's the real point. Anybody can do this. Um, and so, you know, in terms of the, just the health, there's an image that I use. If you think of a balloon and you, th you just blew up the balloon and it's all, you know, got a lot of air in it um, and it looks really great. But then you let that balloon sit for three or four days and it sort of shrinks and it's a little wrinkly and things like that and it doesn't have as much air in it. What you want is to have that reserve of air in a fully blown up balloon and that can you can use to heal any disease you can use to counteract 
any sort of stresses and things like that, that that's that come up in a daily basis. I'm just sitting here in, in a beautiful state. Again, this conversation builds an awareness, the understanding of this principle does allow us to then begin to sense all the tension that we carry with us. And so when the, the great sages say 90% of this current moment comes from the past, it's this tension and these beliefs that we're carrying with us. So on a level of universal peace, you know, my wife and I, who does a lot of work with Universal Peace through uh, her program, I Am the Bridge, which is a, a great program. But, you know, the goal here is to get this information out, because I feel like when enough people know about the universal law of efficiency, I think universal peace will not only be possible, but inevitable. And let me drill down into that a little bit, if you would. So the the theorem, the the ULE, the Universal Law of Efficiency, states that all systems function most efficiently without unnecessary resistance. Well, a human body is a system. Families are systems. Societies are systems. Religions are systems, and the world is a system. Okay, and so. What the ULE does is it's the underlying principle of the science of peace. And, you know, we, we can have, for example, uh, atmospheric sciences, okay? But we could only get to that point when we understood the laws of thermodynamics and hydrodynamics. You know, I think, well, there's a mathematician who was in Yale, he wrote a great book called The Five Equations That Changed the World. But he put in that book, he said, we went from Kitty Hawk to space in 50 years because we finally understood the mathematics of flight. This is the mathematics of peace. And so it's the basis for the science of peace. But here's the thing. You know, once you understand that everything you do in life either increases or decreases tension and or resistance, then there's things that you aren't going to want to do. I mean, you know, I don't yell at people. I don't, you know, I don't rob. I don't rape. I don't, you know, I'm, you know, I am an ethical person. But the real point is I don't yell at people because it takes energy on my part. Well, you recognize that. Yes. Right. And so it's in everybody's interest to to do that. So, you know, it's not just about singular systems as in a, a diff one human being. It's about the whole system. And the biggest system, mm -hmm. of course, is the world. And so the ULE basically says that human health and universal peace are the same thing because they derive from the same universal law. Again, this is a mathematical-based conversation in the quantum realm as it helps us understand this resistance, unnecessary resistance, and necessary resistance in our lives. And 
the work that we do to deprogram from what some would say this old 3D paradigm as we expand consciousness and move into higher frequencies, we release triggers. It sounds like you may still have a few, well, it sounds like you don't have any triggers, although there are still things to come up to show you where there's still tension. But this is really what it means to release triggers. I know many have gotten to a state where we no longer have triggers, but I certainly have them. And so this does make us very aware of our responsibility for our own energy with the systems of family relationships. I know that there are people who have maybe adult children or siblings, and the energy is just not good when they gather for events or holidays. Spiritual teachers say one of the greatest things you could do is go love your family if you want to work on your spirituality. And then others would say, be careful of that energy with other people. What would you say for people who find the relationships challenging for their energy? Well, when I'm working on relationships, and I'm, I'm sure we all have relationships that can be challenging, and there may not be family ones. I, I look at the inner dynamic. I look at the inner pictures. I look at, uh, you know, is there something that we might have in common that maybe this other person has this picture that I might not, that I have, but I don't really want to look at? Anytime I do a reading for somebody, I always look and see if there's a picture there that is similar to what's coming up for the person that I'm doing the reading for if there's a similar picture in me. So it's always about, you know, it on some level it always comes back to being conscious of where I am and what my pictures are. But here's here's sort of the thing in and that is that when my energy is really flowing, and it's not just me, it's anybody whose energy is really flowing. People like to be around that person. You know, if you're glowing with love, if you're glowing with light and energy, it's really hard to not like that person. <laughs> yes. Because it's such a beautiful and wonderful thing. And so the more people can get to that point, the, the better everybody's relationships will be. And the, the closer you get to that point, the less, uh, I know, the less I want to do something to upset it by, you know, saying, uh, yelling at somebody or, you know, whatever. I want to keep that energy going as much as I possibly can. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you for that because, again, we know forgiveness is very important. And so if there's something coming up, then, then yes, we look deep inside and see what it is that is keeping us from glowing with love, light, and energy. Beautiful that the mathematical theorem is proving 
what the great sages know and have taught and what you yourself know. That's why you sought out to prove it with math. Okay, well, we were going to talk about the five things you need to heal. We have a uh, what we call the health program, and if somebody wants to get that, they want to sign up for the webinar, that will be part of it. But there are five things that I think you need to heal. And the first thing is that you have to want to heal. Anytime I'm doing healing work with someone, that's the first thing I ask. And some people may not want to heal. Now, that may be a conscious thing or it may be a subconscious thing. But if you don't want to heal, um, you're not going to be willing to do the work it takes to heal. Okay. Second, you have to believe that you can heal. And this is really comes down to, again, if you don't believe you can't heal, then again, you're not going to be willing to do the work it takes to heal. Okay, so you have to want to heal. You have to believe that you can heal. Uh, the third thing is you have to have the resources it takes to heal. And by that, I mean, you know, enough sleep, uh, a, you know, maybe a quiet place to work, uh, you know, try to de-stress, you know, water, food, etc. Um, support from your family and friends. All of those things are, I, I think, are resources that you need to heal. Now, the fourth thing is that it takes energy to heal, and that's a big one. Um, that's the physics of health. And I think I had said that health is the intersection of physics, consciousness, and genetics. Okay, So it's both physics and consciousness, but it takes energy to heal. And that is, again, the law of thermo, of, well, law of conservation of energy, which basically says it takes energy to change from one state to another. So it takes energy to energy to change an ice cube into boiling water, well, it takes energy to heal. And so it's about getting enough energy, okay? And the fifth thing is that you have to be willing to do the work it takes to heal. And it does take some work. I, you know, I, when I work with people, I can help them, but my goal is always to teach them how to do it themselves because People are in a much stronger position when they can do it themselves and don't have to rely on somebody else. Now, there's nothing wrong with getting help, and you know we all need it now and then. But you've got to know how to do it, and you have to be willing to do the work that it takes to heal. Okay, and so you have a course, the Universal Law of Efficiency Health Program, and this is part of your special offer. Let's talk a little bit more about this because it is a lengthy seminar, four sessions of about 90 minutes each session. The main thing I do is I want to teach people how to get in touch with these pictures. Um, we go into a little bit of the sort of philosophy and the theory of why it works. Um, but the main thing is to teach people how to get in touch with the pictures and how to generate more energy. So with at the end of this seminar, 
people should know pretty much the basics of what they need to know to, to do healing work for themselves. And part of uh, our offering is that uh, I can do some private coaching sessions with people and, you know, that can help to sort of focus what's needed and, and speed the process up. But again, the real thing is to teach people how to do it themselves. And then it's just a question of, of doing it. Teaching them how to do it themselves and generating more energy. Okay, there are some other items in the special offer as well. There's some video segments that supports the webinar series. And then you have an ebook, which this is interesting because this is not yet published. And that is a gift in your program too, The Unlocked Soul. The videos are basically part of the health program. It gives people the ability to go back and reinforce what they learn in the um, in the webinar uh, and they can kind of go back and review it at any point uh, so that I think is very helpful and that's probably about six and a half hours of video um, and it's done by my wife and I and uh, my wife is a, is a gifted psychotherapist and quite a luminous and wonderful being, and she's just a, a great person to be around, but a, a really great healer. Um, and then the book is a book that I, I wrote, and it's a semi-autobiographical novel about a mathematician who has a lot of tension in his body and starts to think about it in terms of mathematics and comes up with the theorem and realizes that it's a universal law and then uh, decides to starts to figure see that he has to get that out to the world and that it will really benefit the world and it his sort of journey and how he does that okay yes how cool is that Congratulations on that book coming out, and I love that it's semi-autobiographical. Okay, does he light up the room? <laughs> yes, yes, he does. <laughs> okay. I didn't, didn't want to use my name in, in, for his character. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, well, thank you for that special offer, which is available on this webpage. You mentioned that you do readings, and I know you've got some personal coaching is there a way you could do sessions or readings over the phone with this package? Absolutely. I mean, you know, when I do readings, time and distance doesn't matter. I, it's just a matter of tuning in. And, and as I said, I don't tune in to people um, unless I have their permission to do that. Good. Okay, beautiful. I know that really is quantum and distance healing, in fact, works. So thank you. This has been such a interesting and intriguing conversation. It made my head spin at first, but as we discussed it and looked at it from this perspective of health and healing and energy and our responsibility for it, it really does make us more aware of exactly why it's important to 
really be responsible for our energy. Thank you, thank you, thank you, John Berman. Well, and, and thank you, Lauren. I appreciate that. When you think about it in the broadest perspective in terms of the whole world, it's not just about people getting healthy, which is great, but it's about changing the world. Now, ideas change the world. The idea of democracy changed the world. Religious ideas have changed the world. If you want to change the world, then I think it's helpful to change how people view the world. Okay. And the ULE will, I think, change the world. I think it will make peace not only possible, but inevitable. The other thing that I would like to close with is we are forming a global society. And we need new underlying principles to govern this emerging global society. And it can't be a matter of belief because people have different beliefs. Okay. Uh, some people believe in God, some people don't. Some people, you know, different religious beliefs. But it can't be a matter of belief, and it has to be something that basically everybody can agree on. Okay. And the ULE, the Universal Law of Efficiency, is just such a principle. A mathematical theorem is not a matter of belief, and I think that just about everybody, once they know about it, would agree that all systems function most efficiently without unnecessary resistance. So if we get to the point where we are sort of governing our world and our actions in a way so that everything we do, we're trying to reduce unnecessary resistance, then there are a lot of things in the world that are currently happening that wouldn't happen. You know, Syria, for example. I mean, you know, there's, there's so many yes. examples. but. But so I, I encourage people to think about it on both the personal level and on the, a global level. And we are looking for people to work with to get this energy out to the world. Um, so if someone is interested in doing that, uh, you know, I encourage them to reach out. Mm-hmm. Yes, new principles for this new society. We call it New Earth. And it is actually a fact. And we will all agree that we do that systems work best without unnecessary resistance. Thank you so much, John Berman. Again, congratulations on this work and for getting it out to the world. And it is a system, it is a universal law of efficiency, and it will bring universal peace. Thank you so much for being here, John Berman. Thank you, Lauren Gailey. I greatly appreciate your uh, just talking with me on this. And now it's time to dance our way to the cosmic heart. Enjoy. Everybody's learning, we've all got to grow 
wonderful team at AcousticHealth.com, Heidi, Tony, Tom, Pam, Suzanne, and Garner, who assist with the production of Quantum Conversations, online healing retreats, and more. 
and thank you too for listening. If you've enjoyed this program, please share it with your friends and loved ones. And we thank you for shining your magnificent light and adding it to the world. This is when we love ourselves like no one else can. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. Namaste.